0: Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave, and Bold to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and with me today, I have the professor, Brian Marceau. How the heck are you, Brian?
2: Doing great, man. Vandal
0: football again. We're closing in. Right? It's freaking here. Uh, we also are joined by Martin Heemstra. How are you doing, the band man? I'm doing
3: good, Chris. How about yourself?
0: I guess it's the tromboner, right? Isn't that what we landed on? Yeah, yeah. It's been a little bit since I've
3: been on, but it sounds about
0: right. Right. And running the show from the shadows, Dallas Hammer. How the heck are you, Dallas?
4: I am fantastic. I am looking forward to us getting most of these predictions wrong.
0: <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> uh, and for those of you watching us on YouTube, um, and for those of you listening to us, we'll explain it as if you were watching us on YouTube, you'll notice... We have a bunch of us, what do we got, eight eyes going on right here? More than that, 16 eyes. And we wanted to leave Alex Boatman for last. Because not only is he on a different coast than all of us now, he's also the only one not wearing glasses. How the heck are you the best of all time, Boatman?
1: I mean, I can run to uh, take my contacts out real quick and join the party. But no, I mean, <laughs> shoot, I'm happy we moved this up an hour because it's about getting bedtime out here on the East Coast. You know, I'm busy. I got to talk to some people at West Virginia tomorrow and try to see if I can get them to raise some money or something like that.
0: Yeah, trying to get get out of the Big Twelve or something like that. I heard, heard hey,
1: some rumors. We'll uh, see. Cross, <laughs> anyways, cross <it's>, my fingers. <laughs>
0: it's uh, Vandal football time, guys. We're uh, what two weeks from kickoff? Just about a little less by the time this posts. Um, let's let's pray on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll get into that here in a second too um but yeah this is a prediction episode we're gonna hit like some quick storylines going into the season for you guys and then we're gonna rattle off a bunch of predictions where we're most likely going to be wrong i believe we should have looked this up before we started but of course that's not how this show works at all was boatman the winner on our spring predictions i don't remember
2: i, I don't know. Or, sorry i meant dallas i was looking oh. at Boatman. i meant <laughs> i was like i, was I sure dallas won no spring predictions dallas and i were both closest in terms of the preseason episode, we both went, we were both at four and two, but there were no winners.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 All right. We're, we're there. We're there. We're happening. Let's pull some taps. So let's get into this puppy. Uh, storylines to watch. Mr. Marceau, pull the first tap. What's one of these storylines we should be watching?
2: Uh, the one that I want to start with is the one that almost every football discussion starts with across every level. In America, what Long the hell is? Well, yes, that's that's where it should start, and that's where we want to start. But unfortunately, we we serve our audience and mostly our patrons, and we're gonna we should start a quarterback. And reason I bring that up is in when I interviewed Paul in Media Days, he he told us that QB quarterback is competition. He also told us that uh, Zach Borish was going to continue in the quarterbacks room. And he was going to continue to have his own package that is just that's separate from what the other quarterbacks run. We had the spring game, or not spring game, we had the the, the scrimmage. <laughs> yeah, I call it spring game because it's usually in the spring. But anyway, All it's right. uh, yeah, we had our scrimmage. Um, we saw quarterback played out pretty much like Paul had described to us. Uh, CJ Jordan and Mike Beaudry both kind of rotated as QB one. Zach Borish, when he came in. Ah, uh, definitely he was part of the second team offense. He he ran a different type of package. And the discussion point for us is w- what what is Idaho gonna actually do a quarterback, Martin? Because in the spring, Baudrillo's name started well in advance. We clearly have a competition going on. W- what are you hoping to see out of
3: the position? I'm I'm just I'm also hoping to look for some consistency, not Packages like we saw in twenty, gosh, 2018, where it was kind of spot starts, spot to spot anything, but just consistency with rolling with one guy and sticking with one guy, not just jumping from series to series. Just consistency is all I'm really looking for.
1: You know, kind of to piggyback off of that, I, I had a front row seat to the quarterback rotation in 2018 that I've talked about quite a few times and you know, it wasn't my favorite thing um, to watch all the time. Um, You know, there's days Mason hat was hotter and there's days Colton was hotter and you just had to ride with it. But I think we talk about packages, right? Um, Not to compare, but for you Vandal fans, don't, don't think about, Oh, the Boris is going to play. We're going to be switching quarterbacks all the time. Think more about Aiken to what the saints do with Taysom Hill as an example, right? I'm not saying he's going to be our Taysom Hill, but he's going to come in. He's going to give you a, a, kind of change the game up a little bit of change of pace. Um, and he's not like all these other r- guys who come in here just to run the ball. And he's more in the taste of mill sense that he can also throw. They have to, re- the defense will have to respect that. So that's what you're going to see when you see Boris come into play. Technically on the depth chart, Boris will be third. However, he will probably get the second most playing time throughout the entire season. If that makes sense. When it comes to the um, other two guys, you know, th- knowing Paul, I would, if I was, if I was a betting man, uh, I would say Beaudry's probably gonna start the season, Um, but do not be surprised to see us use the first three games. Um, to kind of figure out what works best. And I know that doesn't sound fun, and I know that doesn't. Oh, it's not gonna. It's gonna kind of drag on through another month. But I do expect this quarterback competition to go well into the end of September until we play UC Davis, and then he's, we're finally gonna have like a full time official starter. Whoever's starting UC Davis, that's who Paul thinks is the best guy for the job. Expect to see CJ. Expect to see Mike. Um, pretty equal amounts through the first three games unless, if they keep hanging around each other, unless one completely separates himself. That's kind of where I think we're headed to. Dallas, I don't know if you have any other thoughts on that.
4: No, I mean, you pretty much hit it right on the head. Um, I guess for me, what I'm looking for is some sort of, like Martin said, kind of consistency, but some sort of creativity out of the offense. It, it, it's felt the last few years that it's just been very stagnant, um, and, and part of that is the dead horse comment, and arm strength and all these things we've talked about. But last last year or the, the spring, uh, as we'll call it, uh, Idaho had one of the three worst passing offenses in the big sky. Uh, I think seven touchdowns, only 220 yards a game. And that's with Hayden Hatton bringing down half of those yards. Uh, I don't think a single quarterback completed 60% of the passes. Obviously, CJ kind of really popped in that three quarters he played. Uh Borish looked good at times, and obviously the offense kind of shifted. I'm just hoping to see, personally, I want to see CJ. I want to see some sort of life in this offense. Let let CJ run around, get Borish in there, let him run around. Let's do something other than watch Beaudry throw a screen pass over Catrell Haywood's head, and then it's a third and nine, and we throw it three yards short of the sticks or throw it over somebody's head. I'm I'm sick of the same old predictable Petrino offense that we've seen for the last three years. I want to see something something with these newer, younger kids, uh, something a little bit more creative than what we've had.
0: Yeah, my take on the quarterback is, I mean, it does suck. I think Paul's come out and said, really, UC Davis is when he plans on naming a starter. So we got one season of it, guys. It was wonderful. One season of, like, knowing who the guy was. And in that season, it still didn't matter because we played like four different quarterbacks because we couldn't have anyone stay healthy. One of these days, we're going to have a quarterback that can play a whole season. And man, oh man, do I hope it is this year. At this point, I don't care who it is. I just want somebody named. And for the freaking, the younger guys will be better because they can come back and keep playing in future years. But my, oh my, I just want a quarterback. like I. I'm pulling for CJ Jordan. I have come around on the whole idea of utilizing him and growing him and getting his age to the point where now I'm fearful he might transfer out early. Uh, so might as well get the years in him while we can. Um, and at that point we've not had a healthy quarterback play an entire season since 2016 when we won the bowl. Cause Matt Linehan went down in 2017. So at this point it's like, yeah, might as well make sure that you've got a really good number two and possibly a really good number three. Uh, so at this point, it's important that all of our quarterbacks look good. I'd like to see CJ get the nod, but I think Boatman's spot on. I think this is uh, Paul being Paul. It will be Beaudry um, because he's old school football and he doesn't believe he should be able to lose a job due to an injury or you know go with the upperclassman type thing. So I expect Beaudry to be the starter versus Juicy Davis, but the way both Baudry, CJ, everybody, other than basically Boris has showed us over the last couple of years. You better be ready if you're number two, three, possibly even four. We might see McCoy or Cisco this year. Like who knows? Um, Martin, time for you to pull the next tap. Well, I got got to jump uh, in. My quarterback you got to rebuttal, rebuttal it. Yeah, no, just got to get my
2: quarterback take real quick. So,
0: oh yeah, right, you started it. My yeah,
2: ability. I uh, I am all in uh, on hoping it's CJ Jordan and. The the thing I'm going to point to is last season Dallas Dallas brought up we averaged 23.3 points per game last year that is and that was that was second worst in the league only Cal Poly or Coward Poly was below us 23 points per game there's just no, and that was in the spring we didn't have Montana Montana State and Sac State playing. those are Those are three teams that are are all talented. They're all going to be solid. 23.3 points a game is nowhere near good enough unless we're going to trot out the best defense in the nation every single snap. So I think think Beaudry is probably going to – I'm with everyone. I think Beaudry is going to definitely get some snaps the first three games. I think our season truly begins when we play UC Davis, but – if Idaho is going to be a little bit more dynamic, and Paul told me when I interviewed him for media days, we need to have more big plays. We, we can't dink and dunk our way to third and long after we ha- you know, have a couple first downs, then we're at the 40-yard you know, line at third and long. We just can't do that. Hopefully receivers, things like that will be stronger, but I'm all in on C.J. Jordan. I think if this uh, Idaho team is going to jump into it, going to have an upward trajectory,
3: that to me is where it will start. My, my pick now? Okay. So going off of that, like going off of what Brian said, I kind of just rounding back. I got a rolls into my next storyline for this year, but I this sold me on CJ as the starter was wide receiver play. Yes, Hayden, Hatton, and Cottrell did not play in the scrimmage yesterday so on Saturday, but it, having, they have legit deep threats now and i think it's Mc- oh gosh what are the names it's Mikai stevenson and therese trainer those two are the they add the much needed quickness and speed to the wide receiver group that idaho has not had in a, a to me it has been a little bit of time since they've had that in the group and it is going to be something to add that they'll actually have the nice deep threats at wide receiver this year
1: you know and you know, I was able to be there uh, on Saturday, obviously about three thousand miles away. Uh, but I was was lucky enough that uh, my dad went up to the scrimmage. You know, uh, one of the, the main reasons I'm an Idaho fan, and uh, he, he was down in the field, and he said that we actually we finally have some height in the receiver room. He said these guys are tall, these guys are fast, and boy, we're gonna make some plays out of the receiver room. And that just sounded fantastic. Not <laughs> to uh, say our receiver play last last spring or this last spring felt a little. Mm, drab. It just, it didn't feel exciting this list last spring outside of a few, you know, uh, hat, hat and amazing catches, uh, control making a play here or there. We just didn't feel explosive. And I, and I think losing Jermaine Jackson literally like on the second kickoff of the, of the season, um, to, a, to a leg injury did not help because I think he was supposed to be that explosive play. Um, but I, I think we're finally going to see some explosive plays Miller stretched stretch the field. Right. And not, and kind of to piggyback on the quarterback conversation if, uh, you know, apparently Mike Beaudry in practice is just lights out insanely good, right? And it just didn't translate to the game in the spring. If we get Bodry practice Beaudry, clicking with these guys on the field, doesn't matter if he's playing quarterback or she's just playing quarterback. We're making a lot of big plays. Uh, um, so that's what we should be wanting, right? If practice Beaudry shows up to the game, hitting these guys in these deep balls, we are in a great situation. Um, so I think we're going to finally see some explosive plays out of this receiver room. And it's it's one position group that's going to be excited.
0: Yeah, I, I think strong position groups, I, I'll just leave it where it was, uh, linebackers. I know, yeah, we're missing Christian, but you know Trey Walker right now is getting pegged as the top linebacker in the entire country. I would, should have done the research and gone back and looked at how many guys get pegged as the top guy and then finish as the top guy. Uh, but either way, they still finish well, I'm I would assume. Um Trey is on a path to be one of the best linebackers we've ever had at this school. You pill kind of fill in that we still have Fave Fave who it sounds like is kind of taking the next step forward. Uh you got Chuck who I think might be doing more on the line it sounds like now, but you still have like guys like Sole Shannon coming in. You got that Musgrave kid out of Bend. Uh you've got the Thomas Tomasinis like there's a lot of youth now that's coming into that rank too and you get to pair that with the leadership like we have of Chuck Acano and uh, Trey Walker, which fun fact Chuck Ocano and Rashad Crawford are the only two guys on this team that were part of the 2016 potato bowl. So we have two guys left with a winning Vandal program. And two of them are kind of, you know, leading that defensive front seven. So like you're talking about having that leadership, being able to still dominate a line of scrimmage. You still have leadership from the best Vandal team we've had in the last 25 years. Um, Hopefully it can come to fruition in something. But if you ask me what our strongest group is, still that front seven. It is crazy that we are getting so many looks at wide receiver, though, and they're not including Cottrell and Hayden. So we'll see how that progresses into the season. But right now, front seven looks as strong as ever, even with the loss of Christian Ellis.
2: Yeah, Chris, I, I'm just going to have to jump in with you. Uh, say, same same thing. In spring season, Idaho had the best rush defense in the league. If we can replicate that, it buys us a little bit. It should buy us a little bit of that margin for error we need on on the offensive end at this point. But um, it's, it's wild to think that uh, a guy like – we'd lose guy Christian Ellis, NFL-level talent, and this is still – the, this is still the strength. Uh, the 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 strength. Jesus Christ! This is still the position group to me that is clearly our strongest. You reference guys like uh, Rashawn Crawford. We have you know Kyle Urufi, who's going to be who's coming back as well. We've got Jonah Kim, who's he's one of those guys that is always announcers are always going to talk about how uh, about Jonah Kim looking big, making plays, and Noah Ellis is one of the biggest recruits that. Idaho's landed in terms of pedigree since um, since we've had this show. So th- that, to me, is where if you're going to be excited about this this team and part of why, in spite of the offensive stats we have in spring, every game's close, is because we we do have a team that can bully other teams around. There's, there's a reason our physicality causes Eastern Washington problems. It's because the problem Idaho's had, it just isn't talented specifically front 7 absolutely no no problem talent wise there
1: awesome i am i'm a double i'm a double t- uh, dip on this pour here one position group that i think got extremely stronger from spring to fall the running back room i know he didn't practice i know he didn't practice and participate in the scrimmage yesterday andre carter's back and then i heard about this fellow out of um waco texas oh man i literally looked up his name and i, I, I already Alicia forgot pinnings. it I heard he just had an outstanding day and could definitely work his way into playing time this year. So not only do we bring back Roshan, Nick Romano, and we get Andre Carter back, who last time we saw Andre Carter, he was making Callen Kreiner faceplant the Kiwi Dome turf. Um, We also had uh, a beast um, in Cummings as a freshman. Um, I hear he's a beast in the weight room. Just insane speed, insane size, and is just crazy good. So, how, how crazy is that? Like, we've gone from
0: are we the best recruiters of freshman running backs of all time? You'll Somehow, I we, Ty Montgomery, you, you've got uh, who's that other really fat Richard Montgomery or Richard? Yeah, Richard yeah, Montgomery, Rich, then we had Rich, Ty Montgomery as well, and then. We bring sure. in Andre Carter as a freshman. Nick Romano had a great freshman year, and then Aaron,
1: du- Aaron Duckworth. Aaron I mean, Duckworth and Cummings, the thousand-yard rusher,
0: the next dude, like crazy. Yeah, we just need a wide
1: receiver guy. Yeah, I don't know, but apparently we recruit running backs. Hey, it's so that Brian really Reader, well. man. I'm telling yeah. you, something like yeah, that. New, the um, new
2: beat reporter, Stephen Weeb, said based off this, what he saw in the scrimmage, Cummings again. Andre Carter in play, but Cummings looks like he might be penciled in his number one right now.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, and that's and, – and, and also who played? Keon Martinez has played for us, and he, he's now, what, like fifth string in this group, right? And this is a guy who's had an okay amount of playing time somewhat here or there. So, yeah, very deep group. So that was, that was me double-dipping double double, uh, double dipping on, on that tap there. I'm going to go to the weakest group, and it would not be a Vandal preview show without me somehow weaving in the specialists. And not to say this group is weak – It's more weak in the depth. Logan Prescott um, has been handling kickoff duties for the last year and a half for the Vandals, done an outstanding job, I think was hitting touchbacks like on over 85% of his kickoffs, which is an insane number. Um, He's going to take over. He also took over some field goal duties for Cade in the early part of the year when he was a little banged up uh, in the hip area. Um, He'll be the full-time kicker for the Vandals. And we also have a punter. So now Idaho, for the first time, for the first time, guys, since 2012, Idaho was going to have a kicker and going to have a separate punter. Think about that. We have had a kicker-punter combo every year since 2012.
0: So that's what Bobby Cowan and Trey Farquhar, right?
1: That was last yes, it is. Yes. So since Austin Rico rolled on the campus and was the only kicker and punter in 2013, we have had a kicker-punter combo from with Austin and Cade. Um but uh, Caleb oh man Lightburn I, keep, I think it is Yes so uh Caleb Lightburn uh, transfer Oregon State transfer ne- via Nebraska so he's been around a little bit He's from Camas, Washington originally. I heard he's just booming the ball. Um, he's gonna be a good punter for good punter for us. Um, so good punter, good kicker. We have no dedicated lawn snapper on the roster and this is where I get of cons- mass amounts of concern. Do you have um,
0: any eligibility?
1: Left? I, uh, um, Hogan Hatton, um, has handled the punt duties uh, since 2019. Since I've left, he's been the punt snapper. Um, so and then Cam Lane took the field goals. There's no other lawn snapper, so it's just Hogan Hatton. He also plays. He also plays linebacker, and we have no backup kicker. We have no backup punter. We have one kicker, one punter, and a guy who plays lawn snapper via linebacker. So depth is an issue in this group, and that's why I'm highlighting it, right? I feel like we've had a lot of depth. I've been in this position room. We don't have a room. I've been in this position group where we've had like eight dudes on the roster who could do something, and now we have like two or three, and that's what scares me. Um, One injury, and we are in a bad, bad spot. So we better hope uh, Hogan Hatton does not get hurt because let me tell you, it's not pretty when you go go watch go watch film of a lawn snapper getting hurt in the NFL and see what happens. And you got like James Harris on their snapping punts. It's punts. It's not pretty to watch. So I know I've gone long on this because, yes, this is what I'm brought in to do is talk about the specialists here at the University of Idaho, and that's a position group we should be worried about that no one knows about.
0: I'll stick it a little bit closer to home on my take on the uh, position group here. Um, secondary, we talked about the front seven. No secret, Idaho hasn't had a good secondary probably since we were in the big sky the first time. Um, We've added a lot of pieces. Like, it would not be that crazy this year if this secondary looks completely different. Now, I'm assuming because Tyrese Dedman, I believe, is still a captain, probably going to play. But Jalen Hoover tried to transfer out. We know how Paul is. I wouldn't be surprised if, even though he might be one of the better guys, he gets punished for that. Um, And then you look at, like, the guy, uh, Zama Zama J. Duncan, we just brought in. Um, we also have heard Rufai's look good. Alwan Parker's look good. Uh, this Jeremiah Salam is supposed to be good. Just KJ Jarrell is supposed to possibly start at safety. And then you have like Jackson Woodward who played a little bit of safety last year. I heard McCormick look good at safety. So like, it sounds like we're taking steps in the right direction. Only problem is, is like, what the heck direction is that? Do we have a bunch of guys that are just kind of okay, trying to like be the best. Okay. Person where we finally found some of these pieces because right now, the secondary, I would not be surprised if it is, you know, including the nickel corner, five new dudes. Right. So, um, and you know, rumors have, we might run a little bit more to be able to stop the pass since we're so good with the run a little bit more nickel, uh, which means it's only going to be even more important that we're able to find some guys in the secondary.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Secondary last season. I, again, I'm going to subtract Cal Poly because it's not worth talking about the worst football team any of us have, will ever see for our entire lives. Idaho was worst passing defense in terms of total yards given up per game. We were the worst passing defense in terms of yards per pass. We have nine yards per pass attempt last in the spring. We had the worst pass defense efficiency. And that was, I mean, keep in mind, we have guys who can get to the quarterback. So even even with all that, this, this position of weakness. And then we had guys, like you, know, you said, Chris, Jalen Hoover was entered the transfer portal and he's back. We're happy to have him back. I don't see a world where Paul brings a guy back when he out recruited the position. So if Hoover's back. I mean, uh, to me, that's still going to be the, this position group is definitely one that is a lot of how Idaho does is going to hinge on. Can we, we don't have to be the best in the league. We have to be okay. Uh, another name that did pop a little bit in the scrimmage was Colby Nosworthy from Coeur d'Alene High School. He, I believe, he had three interceptions. Um, I don't think we can. He had bank two. On- oh, he, he had two. two
3: against one against CJ and one against Baudry, I want to say.
2: Okay, so okay, as a two, he picked off our both of our number one quarterbacks. So, full disclosure, probably not getting two picks a game this season, but still. Um, Chris said, "We're if we're going to be better, it's because some guys that we just haven't seen play yet um, are ready to go." And man, we we ju- we just same with quarterback. Man, we just got to get to a point where we get to have a different discussion about secondary. But until the secondary is different uh, or shows that they have something we haven't seen, this is the group I'm going to say I'm I'm most
3: freaked out about. So I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't really have something that I'm really, because it's weakest, I'd say I agree with Alex the most with special teams as far as I don't really know what to expect. When I walked in early to the scrimmage on Saturday, Caleb was booming kicks from, from the logo, but that was really all. The other thing I noticed is just Side note, uh Prescott did take Cade's K- number, so he's now number 15. I did a double take for a second and thought it was Cade back again. but
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want to real quick, too. And Caleb has my number. All right, so we have a 37 specialist and a 15 specialist, so not much has changed, guys. Okay, no, no reason to freak out. I hope he does the number justice. That's all I have to say.
4: Oh, I'm going to go ahead and pull our next tap here. Uh, Chris, oh, Chris is Chris was is, Chris muted. Is, Chris is yeah. talking. And muted. Chris, go ahead. No, my my points ruined. It's ruined.
0: It was it was in a flow thing.
4: All right, I'm going to go ahead and pull the next tab. It's something we were talking about before the show, and I wanted to just have a little bit more more discussion about it for the listeners. Does this year matter more or less to Idaho than the last few have? I think we're all in agreement. I'm going to go ahead and say this year absolutely matters more. It's the second-to-last one on Paul's contract. At least we we think it's going to be the second-to-last one on this contract. This is, this is put-up-or-shut-up time. We've been in the big sky long enough. We've been terrible in the big sky long enough. It's time for something to happen here. But I'll go ahead and pass it to Chris. Your thoughts. Um, it does feel different. Um,
0: I don't know if it's... Just the fact that we've officially, like me, right? Like I try to be, get psyched for the season, overly optimistic, and just be like, this is the year. This year I'm much more mildly approached. I don't know if it's the fact I just saw football. Um, but, yeah, it, it feels different, and it feels like maybe it's because the Petrino thing is going to be so important this year. Um, underlying storyline, I'm sure nobody wants to hear what happens if we do do good. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It feels different, um, and I don't know quite how to articulate it into what that
2: feeling is, but it's different. The the, the there's a ton of ways this feels different to me this season, um, and and when I say different, I mean I don't know if turning point is too dramatic a term, but you know you look at Idaho football, it's not a secret to our listeners that the. Some people expected the Big Sky was going to revitalize the program and that talent would turn around immediately, and it just didn't happen. I also think I think that uh, schools like Idaho building back interest after the coronavirus is actually a pretty big deal uh, to getting making sure that we we get a fan base that remains active. You know, Coulter talked on our show about how. No matter how you feel about Idaho, you have to understand Idaho is being relevant in the big sky because they still have a fan base that's active enough and believes that Idaho could be good. And we just had a spring where every single game was a close game, but we still finished in the exact same place that we finished for quite a while, where we are left with Do we look at this like really incremental growth that we all know if there was a, if we had, didn't have a budget problem, we would probably have moved on? Or do we get frustrated? uh, Because again, it's season after season, the exact same thing. I think for us to be able to have, for us to build, to build some energy in this program to get attendance back to something stronger. And that's something we all care about, listeners care about. I don't know how many more seasons we can be okay. Or, you know, we can be talented but disappointing and still be able to expect that we're going to keep bringing fans back and keep trying to grow the fan base. So to me, it's a, it's kind of like Dallas said. It's not – I don't know if I think of it as put up or shut up time. I think of it as Idaho's already had strikes against it and moving down. We then had the coronavirus stuff that hurt us. We're not, uh, you know, one of the schools gets the most media attention. I think for us to start pulling more fans back in and get the, get that environment inside the dome back to what a lot of us hope. I don't think we have a ton of time to start. Uh, We don't have a lot of time before we, we just need to have that happen.
3: Martin. I'd say, yeah, it, it does matter. I don't really have much to add other than it does. This year does matter a lot more than Idaho than in the past. It, we'll get to it with predictions and stuff, but just the way it's set up, it sets up nicely where if they do the, it, it does matter. A, it does matter more than the last few years.
1: You know, weirdly, I think, I think almost at the time, the spring season mattered more than we, the season does right now. Right. Um, we didn't know we were getting, um, it was the first, first year we had, um, you know, post Mason Colton era of Idaho football. Right. So I think that season didn't matter the most. Um, but because of what our record ended up being in the spring, I think it then translated this year mattering more. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen life, um, post Mason Colton, um, Battle, right? We've seen what that life is, albeit in a shortened season, albeit with COVID being around, and albeit with the guys replacing us cycling through four quarterbacks in six games, miraculously, um, in the weirdest way. So I, I'm not I'm not to say that you know that made us go two and six. time you play four quarterbacks, right? I don't care who you are, unless you're Alabama. Good luck, um, when winning, winning games. So because of that. Yeah, yeah, the season the season feels weird um, because I think there's a lot of I think we had a lot of expectation in the spring to to, to go above 500, and now it almost feels like everyone in the Big Sky just assumes we're going to be bad this year, right? In, in our Big Sky chat, Chris, I think you said it right. Like, what happens if people don't want to think about what happens if we are good? What happens if we do win seven games or more? Which I mean, yeah, who knows? It could it could happen, right? And everyone just wants to dismiss that as that's not happening, right? So that's exactly when it feels like Idaho does just do some random shit and come out of nowhere win games they shouldn't because we don't make sense in what we do we just end up doing it. Um, I'm not not saying that means we're going to win games, but I think everyone's already dismissing Idaho um, as kind of as a write off year in a weird way. This is like they're saying they're saying this is Paul's last year. Idaho's going to go like win four games and we're going to be dog shit.
0: Um, I mean. Bear Tycoon and uh, Hot Take Nate kind of have a running joke on their show that Paul Petrino is secretly just punking the Idaho fan base. You nailed it. Like, watch this be the year we actually win like nine games and go to the playoffs. And he's like, yep. And my extension. And no, I'm not taking a pay cut.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just weird. Uh, I think everyone in the big sky, even though Idaho has not been good the last few years, it still feels like we're a top three program in terms of our size of a program, right? Like Weber state's been so good, but I still feel like we're above Weber state. We're above Eastern Washington in terms of pedigree in some weird way, just because of Idaho's his- history and air in the big sky and what Montana fans seem to want to always talk shit about us, no matter how good or bad we are, even Montana state fans do just because they know that we're there and we are equal to them in, in some sort of hierarchy of the big sky. Um, we still do have one of the biggest budgets in the big sky. Yeah. We still have one, some of the nicer facilities in the big sky. So we are going to be talked about like that. Um, but I, I think everyone is saying that Idaho is an easy win for most of the most of these teams that are supposed to be competitive, and and we'll talk about it in predictions. But it just feels weird. I think I think everyone's just kind of writing off Idaho as a, as an easy win this year. Dallas any takes.
4: No, I kind of gave mine, but it, I it, Boatman's right. Uh, everybody is kind of writing off Idaho uh, as maybe they should after how the last two seasons plus spring season have gone. We're going to get to it in predictions. This schedule is not going to shape up well for Idaho pulling off nine wins. Yeah. Oh, God, well, Alex said it perfectly. Last season, when we made the
2: transition, was the big season. And that's what feels different about this season, Alex, is it feels like, okay, if we're going to – that transition, that change that should have happened, if it's going to happen, it's this year or it doesn't. Yeah.
0: Um, real quick, mine's more of an open discussion here. Uh, Are we going to have an episode next week when we preview Simon Fraser? Because according to U.S. Homeland Security, I believe we are limiting or putting restrictions on non-essential travel between the U.S., Canada, and Mexico. Um, how I read that, so correct me if I'm wrong, everybody, is restrictions on non-essential travel, which means I would assume sports are probably lumped in there. Speaking of, I don't see Toronto making plans to go back to New York to finish out their season for MLB. I don't see any of the MLS teams going back to where they were previously. Uh, so I think that might get lumped in, but does anybody else have more knowledge or a different hankering than I do that like in two weeks, I, Simon Fraser would just not be allowed
3: in the country. So from what, Chris, you will know who I'm talking about. I asked them. They said everything's going as far as normal. So everything's just going. They're, they're planning as if the game is still happening right now. So I'd I say yes, it's still going to happen.
2: I can't think of a more essential thing to take place in this country than our hated rivalry game against Simon Fraser.
1: The clan. Regional
2: rival,
3: Brian. Yeah, natural.
1: Um, um, I mean, you know, you talk about the sports teams, Chris. Who knows? They might. Those teams might be. Considered exempt and exemptions because they are pro sports teams and um, they do wield a certain amount of power and their owners are very rich. I don't know if the D two Simon Fraser University uh clan are are they still the clan? Did they change their name because that's a bad look if they if they haven't?
0: It's still the clan.
1: Oh God. (laughs) <laughs> but in reference
0: so, to Native Americans, that makes it slightly not no at all no any no, better. no. In,
1: in indigenous no First Nations, it's Canada. Okay, it's not Na- yeah.
0: right. it's not a, okay. not U.S. Yes. tribes.
1: Um, but yeah. So I mean, who knows? They could be a different set of restrictions than um, the pro sports teams because they are pro sports teams. We'll wait with bated breath to see if the clan make the treacherous bus ride from surrey bc to moscow idaho because we all know they're they're busing they're not flying i do want
4: to jump in and say that this is being called an
1: extension
4: of already existing uh border closures so this isn't necessarily anything new we have seen some pro teams be able to do things but this also shut down the whl or essentially shut down the whl for the last year and a half so I'm assuming a college team is probably going to be lumped in more with junior hockey with kids that don't have contracts and there's not money flying around. Hey,
1: but and I we all know game. how Canadians care about their hockey too, so that's pretty that's, that's pretty big, that's pretty big news, all right? They
0: care way more about their minor league hockey teams making it down here than <laughs> their one American football team.
1: Is there anything
2: more, Look, we already all hate the D2 games. But scheduling a D two game and getting it cancelled. I didn't think the D two situation could be worse, but we oh, found out
0: it might. That's honestly that's a, who who is it bad to say who cares?
2: Well a, I'll take
0: it I'll take an extra week off. Like I wasn't planning on going to that game anyway. So like let's a, just cancel it. Hey,
1: that that's a refund in tickets right there, right? So if anything right? you're gonna hey, save and- money.
0: We just came off a long spring season. Let's get the bodies a little bit of extra rest. Like, why not? Just cancel it. See you, Clan. But
2: dude, um, but we're gonna get to the schedule. You know, if we're canceled, Idaho doesn't play in the dome until October. Just when it's me. getting
1: cold. Just yeah. when it's getting cold. So yep. it's perfect. All right. Yeah. Anyways, rolling into
0: that. <laughs> let's predict Simon Fraser. The clan. I, I'm just gonna call him Simon Frazier because it's less cringe worthy on the ear balls. Um, Simon Frazier, we'll we'll go rotations here to to. Oh no, we'll just go in a plan rotation. This one's easy for me. It's win. It's D two. Maybe see some struggles with some rust with some quarterbacks. But then again, Simon Fraser hasn't played in two years, so they're gonna be way more rusty than us. Honestly, this could be one of those games where we're like, yikes, because we went like seventy to three, and we're like, holy smokes, we're back, we're good, we're dancing, we're feeling good and then we got a buzzsaw next week.
2: Our first three games are going to be similar with everyone. Uh, I th- I actually want us to play Simon Fraser because I think this team – I think we need to try to build some goodwill in the fan base, even if a D2 game is not that much. But, yeah, Idaho should roll Simon Fraser. Simon Fraser, yeah, I, I hate the game. I'm sure they're nice people because they're Canadians. I hope they lose by 100.
3: So is it is it me next? Oh, yep. Yeah, I'll say easy, easy dubs. Easy dub.
1: Um, The Vandals take it to the clan. Big.
4: I am going to go on record and say I don't think this game happens, but if it does, I do think Idaho Steamrolls Simon Fraser.
1: No, I like that as your prediction. The game doesn't happen. All right. Yeah. Chalk Dallas up for a 10-game season.
2: We We have to announce too, that would completely screw up my birthday, which is September eighth, when I will would pretend my birthday present was an Idaho win. So again, it, if anything's essential, guys, it's it's,
1: it's okay. okay. Hey, just cheer for West Virginia now. we got big game versus Maryland come week one. That one might be a closer than actually, it's gonna be pretty close. Looking forward to that one.
0: All right, uh, next game up is in Bloomington, Indiana against the conveniently all of a sudden for the first time in program history, good uh, Hoosiers at football. Um, I will be at this game. So while I am pulling for a big old win down in uh, Indiana, um, what is – wow, anyways. Uh, I don't, This was going to be tough. I mean, maybe Indiana is like – coming off of a little bit of an artificial season from the spring um, maybe if we don't play Simon Fraser it gives us that little bit of extra time um but it's now
2: i'm going to do my best to avoid making any uh jokes to the date it takes place and anything being detonated yeah, but uh <laughs> yeah look we scheduled this game initially and about at the time, we all thought, okay, well, if we're gonna get a payday, we might as well get someone we think we have a chance of winning against. No, dude, Indiana is gonna roll us. My hope is that it, our quarterbacks don't get hurt.
3: I, I'm the same as Brian. Just that's gonna be a loss for Idaho, but hope the QB, hope a QB maybe starts to stand out and does not get hurt.
1: So the way I'm gonna talk about. Indiana and kind of jumping ahead. I know I'm going out of order. The Oregon state game. I'm going to try to break them down on which one I think is the most, the last time I played an FBS team was Wyoming. Which one has the most potential to be a Wyoming type game for Idaho? Because we have to look for some hope out of these two games in power five schools, right? If you all remember in 2019, Wyoming, we came close to knocking off the Cowboys uh, in Laramie, um, Indiana. Um, God bless them and them paying us two point three million dollars over the next two seasons because this is our last FBS payday, folks, and that money does go away and gets cut in half um, after this. Um, yes, Chris, I actually do think it was a, an artificially inflated year for Indiana. Uh, they went six and two in their abbreviated fall season. Um, do not look. I, I don't think Indiana gets more, wins more than seven or eight games. uh, they might go six and six or seven and five. We will be one of those wins, but no, this is not an Indiana team that is top of the class of the big 10. So even though they are ranked, don't expect them to see ranked at the end of the year, they should still beat us, but maybe not like Penn state, uh, 2019 for those as a reference
0: Fresno state, 2018. I don't,
1: I don't want to talk about that, but actually I would talk about that. Didn't think we were (laughs) going to get a second Field goal block, Chris, is like, going out there, it's not possible. They can't block another field goal. Hear a loud thud and go, oh, shit, they blocked another field goal. Turn around, I'm not chasing him down. We're good.
2: Dude, the Fresno State game, I remember I was just getting saying, I'm going to get back into Idaho football. This is going to be fun. We've got a competitive game we're not going to win. A cool new podcast. Exactly. I was listening to the podcast at the time, and then, Christ, anyway.
4: Uh, yeah, Dallas. Yeah, I've got nothing else to add. Um, I'm trying to keep it from, from being too profane here, but they're going to get shit pumped. The the
0: only saving grace, if you were trying to be an optimist this year, since none of us are going to be, because, well, look, Martin and I are usually optimists, Boatman pretty much as well. It hasn't worked for us, so view it as we're trying to throw some a wrench in the juju. The optimistic take here is Indiana plays at Iowa before us. They don't really have a cupcake. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there. I obviously don't think so. But if you're trying to be optimistic for the TJ Hopkins of the world, um, there it is. They have Iowa before us. Maybe they get a little beat up. Maybe have some key injuries, and we have Simon Fraser, which we might not even play.
1: Our so, best hope is Auburn 2015 when we lost by 20 points and made it look some semi entertaining. That's the best hope you can you can have, honestly.
0: Right. Uh, moving on to our next. Payday game, this time against the Pac-12 team, which is more of these, please. Terry, if you're listening, Mooney, if you're listening, less Indianas, more Oregon states, Washington, Washington states, Oregon's, et cetera, Cal, uh, which is all actually on the schedule, so good work, guys. Um, Beaver Believers in Corvallis, Oregon. I mean, they're kind of on the come up. They're coached by a guy who used to spend some time on the Vandal staff. Uh, Yeah, I think it's more winnable than Indiana, but I don't think this team, especially with trying to figure out a quarterback, has much of a shot to knock off the Beavers either. So, unfortunately, I'm putting us on our first losing streak of the season. Uh, That will be one win to two losses.
2: Nothing to add there, uh, other than Oregon State, I believe, is uh, – they're not – I thought I read they were projected to finish around number five in the Pac 12. So they're, th- this isn't the Oregon State of, I don't you, know, like
3: six years ago. You talking Pac 12 North or Pac 12 overall?
2: Either way, it's better than the
0: Pac Oregon State of five years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that would be it. Yeah. The, the whole premise being like, look, this is not a team. Okay. There's no way that they're top five in the Pac 12. So they're probably fifth in Pac 12 North. But still, uh, Oregon State, they they at least look like they could be, compet- have some competitive games in the Pac-12. This is the game most likely, like to me, like Alex said, I'm going to say this is the game that I might be able to be competitive with, but no, no way I'm going to pick a surprise win. Only way that we would have this is if one of our quarterbacks turned out to, you know, have a Vernon Adams type of day against them. And we've already gone over that
3: that likelihood. Yeah, I'm um, – I gotta agree with you guys on this one. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's not, it'll be competitive, but it's not gonna be a. It, the Oregon State's gonna win.
1: Um, this could be a weird little. I'm not saying we're gonna be Oregon State. Where I was looking for um little little glimmers of hope. Oregon State does play uh, USC the week after in their first Pac-12 game. Um, they play Purdue week one. Uh, and then they play Hawaii week two, and then they play us. So this could be a they could be two and zero, oh, maybe one and one, looking to get looking forward to USC and get ready for Pac twelve play. Uh, maybe we can catch them sleeping in the first quarter and make it um, entertaining for at least a half. Um, you know, Oregon State's win total this year is four and a half. Um, you know, we we got Jonathan Smith on the sideline, Brian Lindgren, Idaho legend uh, up in the press box. Don't know who calls the plays. Lean probably towards Jonathan Smith, uh, calling the plays. Um, but this this game, yeah, it's Idaho's probably going to bust there, so that's not fun. Those guys are not going to be too happy. Let's hope we get out of this game with any injuries, um, anything too bad, um, collect our check, and, and take it back to Moscow.
4: Yeah, I've got nothing else to add. It's This isn't going to be a – this. there's no chance. Uh, Jonathan Smith does have this team trending in the right direction, as in – they're back to the Mike Riley peak of they can beat Oregon once every five years and that's the best they're gonna do. They and did lose their best player though and they're running back. That is true um, but uh, there's they're still they're a pac 12 team. they're gonna they're gonna beat the crap out of Idaho. Idaho's gonna come in from one bounty bag game go right into another no chance. Well, the good news
0: is after that, we have a nice bye week to try to rest up before the real season starts. Uh, I think everybody admits we get the win in the bye week. Congratulations us. us. Um, next up, week five, we're into October. This is the stretch that Brian was talking about. So just a little fun fact going into this stretch. We go at UC Davis. After that, we are basically in the state of Idaho or on the Palouse up until Montana State on the 11th. You're at UC Davis. You're home versus Portland State at Eastern, home versus Montana, home versus NAU, home versus Southern Utah, at Montana State, and at Idaho State. So like in conference schedule wise, away schedule, a little rough, but like we get a stretch there where we should be very comfortable. A couple bus games, a couple we'll fly to Pocatello. But um, so let's see. I just want to put that out there as we predict this for everybody. Like the conference schedule is tough, but we avoid Weber. Um, and we kind of got it set up to benefit us with a nice, healthy chunk of home games in the middle. But let's start with the first one, the first road game of conference, UC Davis. Uh, There's not much to say here. Idaho has one road victory in two and a half seasons now. Um, That was against a terrible NAU team. UC Davis is a playoff caliber team this year. There's no way we're going to Davis and winning. So I will chalk that up as a L, even though it pains me to put us have three L's in a row here um, and such an important game, but uh, I don't see us beating the Aggies in Davis.
2: Yeah. These first two weeks to me of conference play are the most important weeks of Idaho's schedule. Cause I, I can tell you if Idaho doesn't come out of its first two conference games with at least a win for just look at the calendar. That means Idaho will have gone until at earliest, the 16th against Eastern before a win, especially if Simon Fraser's canceled. So to me, it's hard to overstate how big a deal at UC Davis is for our, our, to open the season. I'm going to go with a loss too. Um, I, it's not as much confidence about UC Davis because I, I think talent-wise, we easily hang with UC Davis. And I think if we have a quarterback... Who is steady? This is an easily win. This should be an easily winnable game, but Chris nailed it. We have a single road win in the big sky until we pick up a road win or two against a solid team. You just can't pick Idaho to win on the road. So I'm saying Davis.
3: I. I die as much as I want to be sunshine rainbows. Pick them to win. Give them the road win. <laughs> I it's I I think with there being whoever the game, the QB is going to struggle. Maybe this first game they'll get it figured out, but I I don't see them winning against UC Davis.
1: Wow, we are just Debbie Downers here, or maybe we're just finally. All realists. I'm also picking a loss versus UC Davis. Um, that game, uh, Davis, it, it's it's a weird atmosphere. There's not a lot of people there. Um, stay, it gets hot. Yeah, we'll see it at 7 p.m. in October. It'll still probably be hot. Um, and Dan Hawkins has proven to be one of the best coaches in the Big Sky the last few years. So until he proves otherwise, yeah, Davis will probably beat us. But maybe we make it more competitive uh, than our last trip there in 2018. Oh, good God. I hope that happens.
4: Yeah, I. Uh, the, it's another clean sweep here. There's not a chance. I could maybe have talked myself into it if it was, if this battery was flipped and it was home UC Davis at Portland State. I could maybe talk myself into it that maybe CJ or Zach or maybe McCoy ends up winning the, the quarterback battle. Who knows? I could maybe talk myself into some fresh blood being able to do something like Brian was saying, bring that Vernon Adams element to the Eastern offense from seven, eight years ago. And all of a sudden things are clicking and things are fun. There's not a chance. Uh, You guys have have covered it. One road win against a terrible team. Dan Hawkins, unfortunately has owned Idaho for so long. This game's not going to be pretty. The the only caveat i put is
2: other than against us last spring, UC Davis wasn't that great passing the ball which would be a favorable matchup for us if if that holds. But it, there's un- until we see those drug wins, man, there's just no reason to pick them.
0: Yep. Uh, rolling on to the Vike. Fun fact, UC Davis, the only team in the current big sky that has a winning record in the Kibbe Dome all the time. 1-0. So – Glad we all got to witness that last spring. Uh, Moving on to a team that is 0-7 in the Kibbe Dome and has never won, but is coming to visit us October 9th. Uh, While most people might be excited for the basketball arena opening, it is homecoming. I have no problems right here. Momentum turns. People are all-time down. They're going to try to have to find a way to get people to Moscow for this arena opening uh, because it's not going to be for the football game but it should be because I think uh, we actually handled Portland state pretty dang easily here. I'm not on the culture Nuanas train that Portland state is a top five program uh, in the big sky, at least not this year. They never beat, have never beat us at home. It's homecoming. We usually play well on homecoming. We've won like 11 of the last 14 or something ridiculous. Um, and we're a bad football team. The majority of the time, I think we beat the Vikes pretty easily. Maybe start slow. We'll probably have a quarterback in here, probably CJ Jordan from the Portland area. I think he wants to put on a show. Um, I think we win this one by a score margin of
2: like 35, 38 plus. I think we win this too, but to me this is the this is really like the second most important game of the season to me of we this is must win based off how Idaho schedule, Idaho is scheduled. I am a little bit concerned because last time Idaho played Portland state a couple of years ago, uh, Portland state pitched a shutout. It was in the just devastating environment of Hillsborough high school. And I mean, no one has ever learned how to handle that fan base, but I Idaho, know if Idaho is at least as good as we think they are from being close, they have to be able to beat Portland state. I'm picking them to win. I
3: it's, it's homecoming. The Dome, hopefully, will be loud. Hopefully, even with masks, whatever it is, hopefully it is loud there in the Dome. I, I hope, hope they get an easy, easy win for the Vandals. Hey, speaking of which, with masks back, they should bring back those thunder clapper sticky things. Oh, God. They're not allowed. As someone told me, they're not allowed to pass those out. We have no. to bring them in ourselves. But we as Tubbs people could
4: maybe do something. Calling any and all listeners of this show. If you know someone that can mass produce thundersticks, please DL, at a reasonable, DL, as in a reasonable, DL, at a reasonable price. Reasonable
0: price. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe like I, DL, reinflatable inflatable ones too, because like that's the problem. I have one that I'm saving for a big game, but uh, I'm like, well, once I use it, it's done forever. So like,
2: it, you know what? If someone can make enough of those thundersticks for the entire dome, Chris, we can talk. It, we can talk about it. Maybe we can throw them a free ad read. That pay for it,
1: right? <laughs> and a high five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, um <laughs> um I, I guess I guess it's my turn. Um, fun fact, uh, Paul Petrino is six and one at homecoming for Idaho. Only lost twenty seventeen to Louisiana Lafayette, and we should have won that game. I thought five it was Troy. Two losses then.
0: Twenty.
1: Do we need Twitter uh, fact checkers out now. What's yeah, going five, on here? Five, five and two. Oh, that was 2015. We lost two. Damn. I, for some reason, I thought it was Monroe. Anyway, he's five and two all-time in homecoming. Um, that includes a win versus Matt Rule in the vaunted Temple Owls in 2013. Um, he has gone to bigger and better things, obviously, with the Carolina Panthers. Um, but I, I think this is where Idaho gets on track. Uh, Idaho win t- two scores.
4: Yeah, this, this, unfortunately, this is the game they're going to win. And they're going to get probably me and maybe a couple other people on this podcast to think, okay, you know what? They could, they looked good. They could pull it off against Eastern and Montana. And then from there, they're, they're on a hot streak. And Plenty. this will be the year.
0: We will have just beaten a top four big sky program. That is, see, of exactly. course, we should feel that
4: way. We're already selling it here. <laughs> they're I, they're going to win this game. Uh, if they don't win this game, I will. I promise right now, I will wear a paper bag on my head the rest of Paul Petrino's time. I will wear. I will wear a paper bag to the dome every single game from here on out. If they lose that game, but they're going to win and they're going to give us that little sliver of hope that maybe they'll do something this season. All right. Moving
0: on, uh, so we're at two and th- everybody so far. No missed predictions, or at least different predictions. Hopefully, hopefully maybe the losses are misses. Um, Travel to the windy, breezy, cheney Washington. The look at that like medium-sized water tower that they're very, very proud of there. Um, week seven, it's not going to be quite windy and cold yet. It's kind of mid-October. Probably one of the last good home games for Eastern. I expect a turnout. Wouldn't be surprised for their homecoming. Didn't look it up. Don't care that much. Um, Once again, we haven't haven't won a road game, and I don't think we're catching them off guard this time with a rando uh, quarterback throw in with no film. I think Eastern beats us closer to how they did in 2018 than... They did in 2020. So L for Chris. Oh man,
2: oh, dude, I Chris, this is this is a new world you've entered. How's it feel? I'm trying to mix up the juju, Brian. Mix it up the juju. <laughs> yeah, so Eastern. I expect. Look, we've played Eastern close in our la- our last three games. We've come away with two wins in those three games. This to me is probably the hardest game to pick because I think. Talent-wise, you probably should – or maybe talent-wise might be the wrong term. There's no reason to project an Idaho team above an Eastern Washington team right now. And I really want to pick Idaho and say we turn it around and build that energy to lose it the next week. But, again, like Eastern's too good and it's on the road for me to project a win. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Eastern. I'm going to say Eric Berrier does fine against our secondary again.
3: I uh, is this where we change where I change up the predictions.
2: For the sake of listeners, yes.
3: I you know, it's root sports. It's it's I hate colored turf. I think this is the start of a what will get Paul Petrino the contact extension that everybody on this podcast wants. Idaho wins. By
0: a touchdown. Patrick <laughs> Heemstra is back.
1: <laughs> Man, <Yeah. laughs> Martin stole my thunder because I'm also predicting a win here, guys.
0: Oh! All right. <laughs> I just mentioned the juju mix-up. Let's go.
1: Okay, we have alternated wins with Eastern since we've come back to the Big Sky in, in 2018. By default, it's our turn to win, um, so they should accept that and just move on uh, to next week. Um, Chris, it is not their homecoming for some stupid reason. They made their homecoming the following week when they host Weber state. Don't know why they did that. Idaho where Weber state is homecoming and they made it Weber state. So, um, could be a weird look ahead game for Eastern. They could be riding high and mighty and go, Oh, Idaho. They, Eastern is, for some reason, their players seem to overlook Idaho quite a bit all the time. Um, understandable considering our big sky performances but not understandable considering how we've performed against eastern two and two two wins um in our last two years and last time we went to the red field we probably actually should have won that game um if we go for it on fourth down the fourth quarter don't want to talk about that um eric Berrier will be eric Berrier. it's going to be a knockdown drag out game but I, I this is the spot right if Either, either at this point we have C.J. Jordan playing or Mike Beaudry's firing all cylinders. So let's we're gonna roll with one at this point, and I'm gonna go with whoever it is um, gets the job done. And we went on that god awful red field that just looks disgusting. So,
0: what if they throw in Boris just to like give Eastern nightmares?
1: And they could, right? I mean, it's just like. Like, let's say
0: Beaudry is clacking or CJ Jordan is clacking, and they're like, okay, at least we know. And then, like, we still roll out with 15. And there's like,
1: no. <laughs> right? Like, I I mean, Eastern could be. And also, I just don't trust Aaron Best. Like, I mean, really, he, Eastern, we, Eastern fans want to talk crap about how bad Petrino is all the time. But, come on, like, Aaron Best is underperformed and underdelivered and in, in Cheney for the last few years. So, for their expectations, they haven't met him for some reason he just we seem to have his number in a weird weird way um the last couple of years so yeah i'm going to i'm going to say idaho gets a road win on the palouse it would be so idaho
3: for their first road win to be to be eastern well, we beat like IU,
0: but yeah
3: but and you road. were wrong alex we
0: did have a two game win streak going at one point we beat them in 19 and then beginning of 2020
1: Shit! Well, Wait, all the right. home
0: team has always won this.
1: Yeah, so well, okay. Does that change too late
3: to change, <laughs> <laughs> too late to change. I'm all in on
4: it. So I'm going to be the one to piss in the Cheerios here. This game is going to be a bloodbath. We're going to be riding the high of the Portland State win. Is and is it because it's a
1: red field or it's?
4: I don't know. I just it's- I have. I have PTSD from the 2018 game and watching it 35-0. I was up you're telling me six rows up on the 50. I, yeah, you had it worse than I did. I'm sitting there with uh, with a, I a buddy of mine lot that day. <laughs> they're <laughs> That's making bad. they're making jabs at me, and then at about 28-0, people just started apologizing to me for how bad Idaho sucked. And uh, ever since then, I'm kind of shell shocked with that field. And I think last year out on the field. The only reason it was close was because they put Boris in and completely changed the offense in six days. I think this game is going to be ugly.
2: No, dude, it was the wind. The wind is why Berrier was sub-50%. That that was the big thing. But th- that doesn't change your prediction.
1: Also, the infamous handshake line um, after the game in which everyone accused Idaho of walking off the field and not shaking oh their my hands. Oh,
0: God, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah. handshake. Gate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Even though, like, there's a classless program full
0: clips of us all shaking hands. I forgot about that. Screw those guys, man. Yeah, I got some
1: good Twitter arguments on that one when there's literally video of us shaking hands and they're like, doesn't it didn't happen? They just walked off.
0: Yeah, "Yeah, yeah, we're really good at uh, Adobe Premiere and we (laughs) photoshopped (laughs) it in. Uh, To the optimistic listeners, Dallas has also predicted an Eastern Bud Bath like the last three games and it hasn't happened. So you could be right, but you have some faith still. All right, don't lose it. You out there who's saying we're a bunch of idiots. I'm like, Martin. Uh, moving on. Next game, right? That's everybody's predictions. Uh, da, 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 da. We, oh boy, little Brownstein in the kibbles and bits, dumb. Um Man, maybe I just listened to Martin and them too much, but I just love us at home. We've almost beaten Weber at home. We've almost beaten Sac State on home when they were really good teams. They're the only two teams that beaten us at home. Uh, That's not true. Montana did in 2018. Where am I going with this? Uh, Either way, I just am not. If Cam Humphreys is our quarterback, I don't think Cam Humphreys can win, especially against Idaho. He looked like trash against Idaho. And Dalton Sneed came in and saved them in Missoula. Now, if it's not Cam Humphreys, maybe it's different. But from everything I've heard, after listening to two hours and four minutes, everybody but Mike on the Grizz Fan Pod seems to think it's going to be Cam Humphreys. If it's Cam Humphreys, we win this game. I I think Montana is a quarterback away from being a national title contender. I don't think they have a quarterback.
2: I'm going to go the other way. I I don't think Montana needs to have like a, a top three in the league quarterback this season. I think he just needs to be okay. Cam Humphreys is okay. I This, to me, is where because of Idaho's okay, schedule, generous. because of how Idaho's non-conference schedule goes, we can afford to lose a single game in conference and have the playoffs be alive. And I just think I I just don't One, I don't think we'll get, get to the Montana game with just one, one loss, but two, I don't, I I just, I don't believe that we're going to be able to hang with the Grizz. Um, I, I think that program is certainly on the rise and I, I, I just hate saying I hate saying it, but I think if we lose, honestly, if we lose to Eastern, I think it's going to be really tough for people to get up for Montana the way they would need to to win that game. So I'm going to say Grizzwin. win.
3: The que- I I hate Montana. I recognize Montana is very good, and they are getting talked about as a national title contender this year. And there is one thing that I would love more than anything else, and that is to put them in their place. So I, I, I'm going to I'm going on a win streak. We're going streaking, boys. Idaho wins. Oh. Uh.
0: Oh Martin man! Now has us at over five hundred. <laughs> hold on, yeah. we do
2: have to issue a correction, Martin. We know your your favorite thing would be if we found King Spud.
3: No, that's Smarty Pants, now I'm taking the reins off, <laughs> I'm slowing down on that now.
1: <laughs> um, listen, yeah, I I hate Montana. Um, that was my senior night. It Was 2018. Uh, against montana F- somehow idaho that year was undefeated at home we kind of realized it going to montana like wait a minute we hadn't lost we can beat these guys didn't happen uh, i was there in 20 20- 2019 on the sideline in missoula i'm gonna call it the jeff cotton game because jeff cotton single-handedly like mason was just throwing up prayers to jeff and jeff was just hauling him in for like a majority of that game to keep us in until dalton sneed came around um and, and saved montana's ass bobby how and paul patrione do not like each other um whatsoever so that's fun. Um, <laughs> we don't I mean our guys don't seem to like Montana either. Um, so yeah, I mean Idaho could get up for this game. Depends on what happens to Eastern. If Eastern is close, right? If it's close and we lose, if it's close if we win, you know, easier to get for Montana. If we just get demolished, might be a little tougher. Um, I just looked at Montana's schedule. No wonder everyone's picking away a national title. Jesus Christ, they are handed like nine and two on a platter. Like they play nobody. Like Eastern's their toughest game. Eastern and Montana, State, their toughest games. Chris, I know for some goddamn reason you think they're going to beat Washington. They're going to lose by forty because this Washington team is probably going to win the Pac-12. I had to break it to you, but this is actually like a top fifteen team in the country at, in Seattle this year. I'm pretty pretty. They have that, like the best line in the country, and they have DBs that are all going to go pro. And Dylan Morris is a decent quarterback, but. Um, that's my Washington spiel. Um, we're still going to lose to Montana. I hate to say it, little Brownstein staying in Missoula. I've wanted that thing so damn bad, but uh, I, I just this is where Idaho just goes off the rails and just lets me down. As an FCS guy, this is the
4: the game I was looking for when Idaho came back. I want that little Brownstein. I agree with everything Alex said. Unfortunately, Jake Constantine would lead this team to a seventeen point victory. I don't think Idaho has a shot in hell at this.
0: Uh, Next game. Sorry, I got caught updating our records. Uh, Martin has us at over 500. Everybody else still has a sub 500. Uh, Rolling into kind of the home stretch here, we got NAU. Uh, We don't lose at home to bad teams. So I think NAU's got a lot going for it. It's had good recruiting classes. It's uh, got a new coach that seems to actually get Get them kind of on the right path. But I just don't think NAU is going to be able to come into the Kibbe Dome and win. Um, they are two and eight all time in the Kibbe Dome. I think it's about to be two and nine. I will take the Vandals over the Lumberjacks
2: in the Dome, our Dome, with no elevation. I'm taking Idaho too. I, I just don't think NAU's strengths match up well enough with our weaknesses. I don't think Keandre Wood T is at all good enough to take advantage of our secondary even this last spring when we looked pretty bad against nau if we didn't have a pot punt blocked we have we have a real chance of winning that game when we looked really rough so like I said chris we do fine at home against not very good teams i'm i'm happy to say we got a tune-up game with against nau easy i
3: i'd say it's not easy it's gonna be an it'll be another win. Just the winch the momentum just keeps them going.
1: Vandals by a lot. A lot.
4: I don't think this one's gonna be a blowout. I could see Jeff Widener playing uh NAU committed to playing him one or two series every game in the spring because I think they know Wood T is not there's not a whole lot of ceiling there. I do think Idaho wins this game. I don't think it's going to be a huge blow, but I do think, I do think the Vandies come out with this one. All right. Uh, next game,
0: then. We're rolling into Southern Utah for their last roundabout of the Big Sky Conference. I say we send them out with a nice little L and say don't let the dome doors hit you on the way out. Enjoy the whack. Uh, maybe we'll see you there in the future with a wink and a smiley face. I think we beat the T-Birds pretty easy.
2: Brian, you're muted. I had done so well with not doing that shit for so long. but uh, We're still I, preseason. I still, yeah, okay, yeah, dude, this is our tune-up. NAU yeah. was, I, will be this Idaho. This is our tune-up. scrimmage. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Idaho. I do think Southern Utah matches up with us better than Northern Arizona. Particularly, J- Justin Miller is a pretty dang good quarterback. Uh, pre- pretty accurate. He picked us apart for a good amount of the game in Moscow. It took a pretty. It was a big comeback for Idaho to win that game. But I think Idaho should be able to pull off the W here because this is the theme that we've seen with Paul Petrino's teams in the Big Sky. Is he he is pretty steady at home. Particularly against okay teams. We we don't really we don't lose games at home. We should. Or that we shouldn't. And Southern Utah fits that fits that perfectly.
0: We do have three top twenty-five wins at home as well. So it's not just bad teams.
2: No, it's not just bad teams, but but if the question is, are we playing an okay team? Yeah, we're we're pretty dang steady at home against and it teams will still be close things. somehow. <laughs>
3: Vandals clip the Thunderbird Thunderbird's wings.
4: Easy win.
1: Vandals. That's all I got to say.
4: This one to me is tough. If this was on the road, I would think Idaho loses this by double digits. Uh, because it's in the dome, I'll go Idaho, but this game is going to be close. Like Brian said, Justin Miller is really good. He carved up the secondary last year. I don't see why that's going to be any different, but as, as Chris has mentioned, Paul Petrino is pretty solid at home. So we'll go Idaho with a close one. All right. So now we're rolling in. That's the end of the home schedule pending. We make the playoffs somehow.
0: Uh, Martin has officially have us at six and three with two games left. It is impossible for us to have a losing record. Way to go, Martin. Uh, the rest of us, I have them at five and four. Brian has them at four and five. Alex, five and four. Dallas, four and five. Uh, well, that makes sense. You guys might as well just, like, have a joint pick. You and Brian are just the same wavelength all the time. <laughs> uh, let's see if we can mix it up here in the next two. Uh, at Montana State, November 13th, it's a noon kickoff. Oh, how I hate noon kickoffs. Look, we're a dome team. It's going to be cold, and it's probably going to be snowing. Montana State, I think, is going to start the year really rough with a new coach figuring out some quarterback stuff. Um, but I think they make a late push to possibly make the playoffs. Welcome to the late push. They'll have things figured out by the time they get to Idaho. Idaho loses to the Bobcats. Oh,
2: Brian.
1: Back to back, Brian. Back, back to nice. back.
2: Oh, for <laughs> the love of God, man. I, rusty, dude. So I, Montana State's going to win this. Um, Montana State is, has too much talent, particularly on both, both sides of the line, uh, up front. To, for idaho to for idaho to win this montana state's going to be a team to me that they're they have a little bit of the Weber state template of if they lose they only really lose to teams that are pretty good and teams that have a pretty dang good outing against them i don't think that idaho's going to be able to do that i don't think we're going to be able to put up enough points particularly like chris said when it's cold out when it's cold outside so montana state should roll
3: Brian, I I do agree with what you said, but I also think that it's there. I think Idaho might. I think it'll. Yes, they they are a dome team, but I do think Idaho has the style of players, the running backs, the just has the type of players where they can make the swap and go to more a run based op team and get catch them sleeping. Montana State is, this is their game just before Brawl of the Wild. They might be looking ahead a little bit. I think they do finally get their, I, why not? I, I think they get their revenge over what happened in 2018, and they, they get, They. well, I still think it was good. I don't remember what it was, but I, I think they get the dub. It was good.
1: Um. I'm going to go back and give us a, a loss to Eastern, okay? And I know you guys can see where this is going. Um, so, you know, look at Montana State, right? I, how much better is this team than when we played them in 2018? Like, I, I mean, top to bottom, I mean, honestly, I'm asking you guys. Are they? Is this a much better team? Remove the quarterback equation. Is this team that much better than 2018, top to bottom? Chris, yeah. Brian, Yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. They're better. No, dude, they're definitely oh, better sta-
1: substantially better. Okay. Yeah. So, and still? they should
2: be better quarterback too. Yeah. And okay. they're
0: basically, they basically have that entire team that we faced back other than some wide receivers, um, which obviously weren't being used back then anyways. So, and they'll have the best player on their team back in his natural position at linebacker. That so linebacker. yeah, they, they, hey, they built what, towards this. Does,
1: does that matter? We have the best linebacker in the country. So I don't care about, Freaking Troy Anderson! We'll see all what right. he
0: does when he's back at linebacker, baby. Hey, I'm, just I'm
1: just telling. I'm just telling you who's been ranked the best linebacker by multiple. Is, is this, is this game
0: the battle for the Buck Buchanan game? Like, is it, is. is it could be?
1: It could be. Um, but you know, yeah, it's gonna be cold, Chris. This is this is Zach Borish season. All right, this is when you roll out Zach Borish in the freaking snow of Bozeman, right? Um, it was snowing in 2018 when we played him, and and I mean. The field had snow on it all through warmups and it it only went off. Um, it only went all the way off at towards the middle end of the part of the game. So we've played in the cold there before. I know Paul, they're going to be practicing outside. Um, come, come this week. And also we really talking about cold in the Idaho Vandals. Does anyone not remember how cold it was in Boise in 2016? We were a dome team. Come on now. We threw up 60 that game, um, different team, but still, we still are a dome team. Um, This Montana State team is interesting to me. Chris, you said they might struggle at the beginning of the year. I think they're going to lose to Wyoming and then kind of rattle off just a bunch of consecutive wins right away because their schedule gets pretty easy. They kind of enter this weird back half of the season where they have to play Weber State, uh, Idaho State, Eastern, us, and then Montana. So it's a really, we're in a sandwich spot for them. That's a really bad, we are in a really bad spot for Montana State. They have to supposedly have to go against Eastern, which is supposed to be a playoff team, play us, who's supposed to be a sub around 500 team, and then go play the Brawl of the Wild for a chance to go to the playoffs potentially the week after. It could be a really weird spot uh, for the Bobcats um, in this game. So I, I'm going to pick Idaho. Just, I think mainly situationally, I think this is what does it for me, honestly. But you want me to
0: retroactively give you, Eastern a loss, right?
1: Yeah. I'm, so I'm you're five that. Of, you're a 5-5. Five five. Correct. Okay. I, I don't think anyway. I don't want to spoil my surprise. Oh, boy. So
4: this, unfortunately, is another Jake Constantine game. If Jake Constantine was the quarterback for Montana State, they would still beat Idaho pretty handily. I would love to see the Boorish triple option offense in this instance. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. That would make sense as a way to keep it close and try to claw out a victory. But at this point in the season, I've got them with, what, four wins, uh, five losses. I think the season's over at this point. I think the players are starting to check out a little bit. Uh, the Idaho State game is next, and everyone's going to want to win that. I just I don't see this game. Being a victory.
2: Well, the physicality that helped us with borscht against Eastern, it's not gonna land the same way against Montana State. No, they're built for that. Um,
0: okay, close out the season, November 20th at Idaho State. Noon kickoff, Barf. Um, I we can't win in Pocatello until I see it. Uh, we've been a better team, I think, than Idaho State. Every year we've played them in the big sky. I think we have more talent. I think, we've, I think we've been better than them, but we just don't win in Pocatello. We don't win on the road. Uh, I don't see why either of those two things are going to change here. You'll notice my predictions have been pretty straightforward. L's away, Dubs at home. Unfortunately for us, we just have that one extra road game this year. Five and six for Chris. There's no way we get it done against Pocatello in that dome. Uh, And good news is we only have to play there, you know, one more time in a row before we finally get them in Moscow after literally will be the four years. So it'll be like our seniors at that time will have been freshmen. uh, The last time they played them in the Kibbe Dome.
2: Idaho state and mixed with closing out our last game of the season. Look, when we played Idaho state, God knows what happens. Every time we got, we got killed the first time we annihilated, we destroyed them. Second time. And then we had like the worst quarterback showing in terms of completion percentage any of us might ever see. And we barely lost. But then again, to close out the season, we had NAU back-to-back years. One one year we hang up 60 some on them. And then last year we hang up nine. So this is my wild card game of don't bet on anything for this game. Or if you do bet, do the emotional hedge and then just, just be happy if Ida wins. I'm gonna surprise some people. Idaho's going to win this game. We we narrowly pulled it off in the spring, and that was the Nikhil Nair game where he – I don't know if he – it was alleged he had a hand injury, but completion percentage like 33% against a not-that-great pass defense, and we still could have won that game. If he completed 45%, we probably do win that game, and I just have to believe that whether – it's uh, C- CJ, whether it's it's Beaudry, or whether at that point it's Borish because you're concerned about injuries. I just don't think we're going to get worse production there. So Idaho picks up its second ever Big Sky Road win to close out the season, Pocatello, and we find King Spud, and we ride off into the sunset for the off season.
0: Ooh, I've got a follow-up
3: question to close this. I'm set. (laughs) I... It's our rivalry. I think I... It has been... been, We've traded, right, the past three times we've played them, right? Making sure I'm getting this right. I think so. They're coming off playing BYU and Cal Poly the weeks before. I they're probably not going to be that happy. They're going to be Probably a losing record. They'll be they'll be coming and wanting to beat us. Idaho will be hopefully looking to finally cap off a a Big Sky title. Uh, I think I, I I I think they do it this year. it's just something about this season. Just I think they I think they do it.
2: I was so damn terrified you're going to pick us to to beat Montana and lose.
3: I honestly thought about it. I thought, do I pull the Chris do I pull the Chris and do that? Uh, oh, God.
1: Oh, God. Um, you know, back in 2018, the last time we, we went to Pocatello in a full stadium environment, this was like their biggest game in like 15 years, right? Um, they had students there. They had, they had people there. This is the week leading up to Thanksgiving, so you will not see students predominantly there, the few students they do have come to games. So you're probably not going to see a crowd of 12,000. You're probably going to see a crowd more closer to uh, – Maybe seven thousand. Some Vandal fans will be mixed in there. So it's. I don't think it's going to be quite the atmosphere they had in twenty eighteen, right when we showed up. Um, and yeah, Brian, like Brian said, this last year, like we literally tried to lose this game so many different ways, and we still only lost by two points. Like, if if that happens back to back years, then then like strike me down right now. Like that just is impressive. If we have that bad performance, if we literally are a functioning football team against Idaho State. We, we probably beat him by 10 points. We just weren't. Um, So, uh, you know, their offense showed me a little bit more sign of life. Tyler Vandal was not, um, was not too bad compared to Matt Matt Strock. I think he's actually, he was better in terms of taking care of the football. Um, So I I think their offense is better, Um, but I, yeah, I, th- I got the Vandals winning out here, and six and five was my final prediction, and that's why I gave us a loss to Eastern because I think I had to settle myself on six and five, and I cannot make us go seven and four. That was just a full stretch. Six and five is definitely right in the sweet spot. Well,
4: I guess I'm going to be Debbie Downer here. I don't see it. Uh, I just until Paul can beat somebody other than a terrible NAU team on the road, I just don't see it. It's the rivalry game. Yes, anything can happen. Yes, if Nayer completes 40% of his passes, they probably win last year. But that was truly impressive, finding a way to lose that game after Vanderwall threw two picks and they, they ran considerably more than they threw for some reason against a, a team notoriously wide open in the secondary. I just don't see Idaho doing this. It's going to be a, a long year, a rough year, and it's going to end with a loss in the Kings-Bud game. It took 11 games,
0: but Brian Marceau and Dallas Hammer picked differently. (laughs) Uh, All right, so uh, this came up when Brian was talking. I'm curious now. um, With your predicted record, does Paul Petrino get an extension? That's me at five and six.
2: No. So I don't want to – use the precedent of Zach Kloss as uh what bargaining happens to be. I at least I hope that's not because if it is, oh I mean five wins that's like five thousand. But I no no dude, five and six if that's your best season in like four years, you can't. I mean how look at Montana. I know the financial situation is different. Bob Stitt never had a losing season in Montana and he got fired. If we give an extension off Five and six, or four and four against Big Sky teams. Oh God, no! Please tell me no. Martin,
3: yes.
0: Oh my God. Well, yeah. Well, Martin has this at eight and three. Yeah. Uh, Martin like, has to say uh, yes. only one loss in the Big Sky, oh so that would mean Paul Petrino would be rolling in with most likely a seed, since the only two other <laughs> losses are to Power Five schools. Yeah, Martin has this as like a five seed in the playoffs so oh no if if, uh, if Paul gets us to a five seed (laughs) extend him
2: I'm in let's do it why not (laughs) you know if he gets the five seed we need to repeat 2016 let's up this 800,000 800,000 uh yeah yeah let's do eight years um extended every time you hit five wins why why even bring in a new offensive coordinator just pay him salaries
1: and actually, if he does hit eight wins, he does get an extension automatically by a year. So, under Martin's yeah. scenario, he does get extended to twenty twenty four. Under my scenario, six and five.
0: Yours is the close. See, and
1: this is and this is what I've and this is what I've said privately in our chat. It get you get six and five, you get seven and four, even five and six. It's going to be a weird, weird time to. Look at this. I think I that. think they will take stock. It's I mean, also look how you gotta look how close the losses are, right? Like that's the hard part. I have to look at how close the losses are. If you look at the scenario, um you have to take stock in your booster base and what they want and what is out there. Um, because I, I don't want to I, I hate talking about this because I, I still I love Paul, right? This is like this is what's hard for me to do. Um Coaches don't enter the final year of their contracts in college usually. Um, it's bad for recruiting, um, I because it, they can negatively re- be recruited against. Hence
0: the Harbaugh extension, right?
1: Yeah, like how Harbaugh got extended at Michigan, right? It was like they can't because everyone otherwise every other coach they're recruiting against is like they're not extending them. Like you're going to go play for this guy for a year and he's going to be gone. Um, no kid wants that. No parent wants that for their kid. Um, you know, so it's it's pretty much either. If if Paul's around after this year, um, Idaho did well. If we get in my scenario six and five, I think he is offered an extension of maybe a year or two, um, but at a significantly reduced cost to what an FCS coaching contract looks like. Not the highest paid coach in the Big Sky Conference of what he's currently is. Um, I think you're then. I think you're looking at he gets offered maybe like a year or two extension, right? Um, but at a at a reduced cost if he gets to five and six six and five, seven and four. I think he gets extended by a couple years, um, but that's, that's my prediction.
4: I've got four and seven. Uh, and I think they find if, it, if he goes four and seven, they find a way to hit the buyout for the final year. Like, like Boatman said it, but it's not even just college. It's almost every, almost every sport at every level. Coaches don't coach in the lame duck year. They get even a one year extension and then get fired. And, uh, you know, whoever's paying the bill finds a way to pay the bill just because it's so difficult to have a guy on his his lame duck year. Uh, Four and seven, they find a way to hit the buyout, and we see fresh blood for 2022 and hope and pray it's going to go better than the last four years have been. Brian Lindgren, Byron Howe. Anyways, that's a long long time Again,
1: Again, Chris wants a Bronco to coach the Vandals, and I still don't don't quite get it. Moving on, though.
0: Uh, Yeah, moving on. So, real quick, kind of our last thing before we actually, like, close it down. Uh, what, in your opinion, and now that everyone's heard you predict the records and possibly an extension, which game matters the most this
2: season? Brian, I'll start with you. Oh, dude, well, you know, in some ways, to me, it, UC, UC Davis, I actually think, does. Because if we, if we can pick up a win against UC Davis – then you can say, okay, this team looks like it actually is clicking. We sh- if we pick up a win at UC Davis, there's no way that we shouldn't be 2-0 after homecoming in Big Sky. And suddenly the story about Idaho heading into that always competitive, recently competitive game against Eastern is they're getting it together. This might be an actual team. So I hate to say it, but our first game and on the road to me is in some, is pretty dang close to make or
3: break. Martin. Just to be a little different, I think if we're going off, if I'm going off of my I'm reading this right. If I'm going off of my predictions which game matters the most, I'd say Montana. That just it's the big game. We haven't beaten them yet in our return to big sky football. It just I think it I think it's the most important game this year. At least this on the season.
1: Bowen. Um, I'm gonna say NAU. Um, because I, I think if we kind of like take the aggregate, right, the average of what we're predicting at that point, we're projecting us to only have two wins by that point. Um, so that that game, you're either if you lose that, right, like you're looking at a just completely seller of a year. Like a, you're you're in deep deep trouble if you lose that game. You win that game, there I still hope for like a, that five and six, six and five record, right? Um, but you if you lose to Nau after coming off maybe two two strings of two losses in a row involving power fives montanas and eastern um you don't pick up that third win right there um yeah you might be looking at at, at a world of hurt um for this team i would have said what brian said uc davis and i think
4: we can all agree if they find a way to win that game all of our projections are thrown completely out the window and it's a whole new season all of go... ours?
1: I think Martin is still well and alive at the UC Davis point for an 8-3 record.
4: <laughs> All <laughs> right. Fair point. Sorry. Martin's predictions are still pretty on point. Uh, I'm going to go with against my record and go with Idaho State being the most important game because to me, it, and and Brian had the same same predictions, Boatmans are very close, Chris, yours are very close. If he gets to 5-6, and six, I do see – Paul's going to get that extension, and they're going to let him ride it. It's like it's going to be the very low cost, and it's going to be a, a, a third or fourth of his salary. But if he gets to five and six, I do think he's going to get another year. If he loses that game and they do, they do go four and seven, I do think that's it for him.
0: Uh, UC Davis is the absolute obvious choice because that is the tone setter of the season, starting the year with basically three Division One L's very tough to get momentum going at all for the home schedule, especially when that's all early. Right. That's why I think October 9th is going to be super important. Um, It's homecoming. It's arena opening. There's going to be a natural buzz. You've got to be able to capture it. Maybe a miracle happens at UC Davis. I don't know. I didn't predict it, but if it did, you know, you've got the UC Davis win. You're actually only two and two. You beat them. You're three and two. You're looking like Martin. You're happy as a clam. And, you got a brand new arena. So then the university can flip that to basketball, getting excited. Look what our football team's doing. Maybe the basketball team can shock the world as well. And um, I think that game would be huge in terms of like, if you don't win that game, it almost affects the basketball season as well, because here's this grand old opening. And yes, it's an arena opening, but people are there for homecoming and football. Let's be honest. If you lose that game, it naturally kind of tampers uh, the arena opening like a little bit. So you can't lose it. And you gotta find a way to capture the momentum that weekend. And a big win would do that.
1: Uh, that's the only game I'm making it to. So they have to win, right? Otherwise, I'm just gonna be super disappointed. Fly my ass from from uh, West Virginia.
0: Yeah, plus Boatman's there. That's 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 <laughs> that's the end, main
1: actually. reason. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. All right, everybody. Um that's it. Closing the bar. So we will be with you next week. Uh, live like we normally do on YouTube on Tuesdays, and then it'll be in podcast form on Thursdays uh, to basically start the freaking football season. We've got Simon Fraser, hopefully, knock on wood, cross your fingers, toast, rabbit's foot off. All Take, down yes. Take,
1: yeah. down <laughs> Take down the clan.
3: Take down the clan. Take down the clan. Go with that. Take Wait, down got the s- clan. I got something. I got something. Oh, Don't okay. forget, there is, there is volleyball missed this. Saturday Friday Saturday uh, I'll probably be there I'll probably be tweeting some stuff from it from the account again just if you ever if don't forget can't watch ESPN plus it'll be their first first games on ESPN plus this year so watch it and hopefully there is something there
2: it's exactly what martin said you gotta get your espn plus subscription right after signing up at oh, yeah. patreon.com backslash tubs the club
3: all right you guys
0: what would i do without you guys all right <laughs> time to beat the clan and with that we'll take it to the best band in all the land sounds play us out Santa sound of Idaho. go Vandals, go vandals go vandals go vandals,
4: go vandals. Go vandals.